Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we've got Mike Bird. Uh, Mike Bird is from Portugal. Uh, met Mike probably as a sophomore in high school. And kind of one of the first ones that went through the whole program of the oatmeal recipe. Um, really enjoyed their relationships and the hard work we did with his parents. Um, we was able to, to develop a plan and got him a scholarship over at Erskine College. Um, he's doing some great things in the medical industry, um, especially when it comes to athletes. And uh, just want to hear Mike's story and, and, and talk about the trials and tribulations he went through and trying to figure it out. All right. Let's get into the interview. Well, I ain't gonna take I ain't take up too much of your time. We're gonna get into it because I know you're busy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll get started, man. And you know, again, the purpose of this podcast, Mike, is just to like help uh families, you know, uh student athletes, families get more acquainted to the process of being a student athlete, right? Cause it's not something that's, that's accomplished every day. So we try to um, bring, you know, sports, uh, you know, players, coaches, agents, nutritionists, the whole nine to give uh, families and student athletes kind of that background approach to what's needed to get to the next level. So um, appreciate you coming on and giving us your wealth of knowledge today. Yeah. Excited to be here. For sure. For sure. Be fun. All right. So we get started, Mike. Um, you know, we like to, you know, take everybody from where the, the beginning, where it first started. Um, and, and our first topic is uh, Pox and Rivals. Um, wh- where did you start playing sports? And uh, like, who, who were your, your biggest influences when you first first started uh, competing? Uh, so I started in uh, just in grade school um, at Porter Gowd. Uh, and I got into basketball when I was uh, in middle school just in the PE class, uh, the PE teacher just had us started uh, scrimmaging in basketball. And before that, I hadn't really played much, but uh, fell in love with it then. And um, since then, I just, it's always been a passion of mine. It's, you know, I've kept that. Um, other sports that I was involved in uh, at Porter Gowd, I did tennis for a little while. Um, <clears throat> And I also did uh, track and field my, uh, my senior year of high, of high school. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of influences, um, my grandfather was definitely a big influence for me. Um, he was a football player uh, at Davidson. Oh, wow. And uh, then he went on to a, a coaching career at the Citadel um, at baseball. Um, and so there was a lot of uh, sports influence uh, from a young age, um, that was, that was really great. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I developed more and kind of honed in on basketball specifically, um, you know, there were some coaches at Portugal that were, were great. Um, getting involved at the day foundation was, was really uh, helpful for my development. Um, so I think, yeah, those, those are probably biggest influences. And, and coming through your intermediate years, because, you know, I worked, uh, you know, been doing some things with Portagoff last, you know, not cons- not con- consecutive 10 years, but in and out, just doing some things. And this last year, I did a program with them and think about going back um, this year. But in your intermediate playing, when did you start it? When did it start to hit home where you started wanting to play at the next level? You got to think, you know, Portagoff really, you know, grew in the, in the competitive nature in that sport. So, you know, you wanting to, to, to do that, um, obviously it was, a, a, it was an uphill challenge. So what, what were some of the, 
your interest like would, would you after you like like the sport what were some of the things that you were doing to kind of like get ready for the high school level uh so when i um after i you know started getting into it i i got really involved with um different basketball camps um during the summers i would go to the, the pat Nennis basketball camp um the louis o'gorman basketball camp um, and then I, I got into, um, after some time went by, uh, I got into individual skills training as well. Um, so there was a coach when I was, uh, when I was still in middle school, um, there was a coach at Charleston Day that um, I did specific skills training with, um, just practicing on my own in the gym. Um, I loved it. Um, and then, you know, getting into the high school years as well. Um, you know, later on working with the Day Foundation. And, and let me ask you a question about, because I think that's the kind of the same routine that every family, every parent, every kid with, with this type of interest kind of is the cookie cutter approach to it. And that's what, you know, um, this whole mission of mine is, is kind of helped, helped with that process. So again, you just said that you went to these different camps and, and whatnot, not to, not to knock camps, but from mm -hmm. your standpoint, and, we, and, and I want to, once you answer this question, we'll go to the next topic. Do you think camps were more beneficial or the actual personal training that you got that really excel your, your knowledge and skill level in the game? I think they're, they're both beneficial. Um, I think that, you know, you need uh, like probably like just doing camps alone probably wouldn't be enough. I um, mean, it wasn't enough for me because the individual skills training um, gave me more of a foundation in basketball. Uh, you know, I was able to kind of hone in on uh, fundamental skills um, and develop other skills um, like, uh, you know, doing like college level drills when I was still in high school um, that, you know, developed other aspects of my game that I probably wouldn't have worked on otherwise and getting that individual attention as well. I think that, you know, you know, expedited my development um, and kind of gave me more of an edge as opposed to, you know, just working out on my own or just going to camps or something like that. So I definitely think the skills training is very important. Yeah, skill training is very important. And, I, and you said that what I expected you to say and what I wanted you to say was the importance of both of them right because if you're not expecting to go at a high level then yeah camps is fine because it helps with social competence right you can mm -hmm. be the highest skilled player in the world but if you can't deal with people and relationships and, 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 and teammate team teamwork then you're not going to be successful and then right. if you're planning to play at a higher level yes you need that that specified you know uh, skill work to help you with the things that you're not really gifted at as you know at that point so yes that's a good good way to, uh, that you put that and um mm -hmm. talking about the skill development part um i also want the audience to know understand that even though we worked individually on the court we also had a relationship off the court and right. and, and and like anything else i'm going through school right now I'm talking about different stresses right there's no such thing as bad or good stress all stresses are are important because you can learn from them learn what not to do and what learn to do right so my question to going without getting too detailed um about it you know we, it was a situation in high school where you had some ups and downs and we talked we met you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and we and yeah. those things kind of help so talk about not the actual incident but talk about the, the consultation and and just having someone else to talk to besides your parents was that was that beneficial not just me but just, just your, the community <laughs> the community that you had support how, how beneficial is that when kids are going through childhood stresses? Uh, I think it's, it's really important to be able to, you know, have somebody um, that you can trust and talk to, um, you know, if it's a coach or, you know, a teacher or something, um, they can bring a different perspective um, and kind of might have some insights exactly into how it's like affecting your, you know your your basketball performance or your school performance or something like that it may be a way that your parents wouldn't um and so you know i just think having different angles Good point. Uh, different people supporting was 
was definitely very beneficial. Right. And um, again, let's say went to my next topic about social competence, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's something to call a JYD, right? <laughs> yeah. Junkyard, junkyard dog. And that's, right. that's what JP kind of, you know, termed the coin is his need for aggression for players on the court. And mm-hmm. I remember us talking about, you know, the JYD and I'm telling you what that means and how to approach that. Because yeah. again, if a kid that doesn't really haven't heard the terminology and don't have that type of aggression, you can't just turn a light switch on and make those things happen. Right. Right. So there are conditioning factors that goes along with how do you manufacture that intensity? Talk about, yeah. talk about the disconnect or connect that you had with the terminology um, JYD and how did you overcome you know that 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 situation sure um so I definitely um bought into the the mentality of it of like being a junkyard dog on the court you want to be tough you want to be aggressive um you want to execute well um I think it took me some time to understand like how to apply that Mm, mm. because I think you know, I kind of understood what it meant, but I didn't know how to implement it myself. Mm. And so I think, um, you know, talking through, you know, what it would really look like um, for me specifically. Mm. Um, like, oh, I'm not doing like I might want to be doing it, but let's say on like this defense or something, I'm not like being intense enough in the right position. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, attacking when I need to attack or things like that. I think just trying to understand more a, a specific basketball framework, whereas previously unfamiliar to me. Right. This is Happy Bird, Michael Bird's mom. Um, she just give us a little feedback about the training and the day foundation. Um, Happy, was training beneficial for Mike? And if so, why? I didn't have any idea how to you know to approach coaches how to do anything about you know creating an opportunity for Michael to play in college so Jermel just guided us through this uh, college recruiting process for over two years and he started first by um, having us create a list of 20 colleges based on academics first uh, basketball and then location and uh, from this uh, Jamel also taught us how to talk to coaches, how to create a highlight video, choose game videos for coaches to, to look at, and also the most important thing was how to create opportunities for coaches to see Michael play. And from this process, Michael was given several choices, and he, he chose Erskine, which is the best fit for him academically and for basketball. Now let's get back to the interview. And that's what that's what situations like, like uh, I would say myself come in at because I would say, Mike, Mike, this is what you know coaches expecting from you, right? I would come to games, watch tapes, and see the things that you weren't doing, and then yeah. we would come in in the individual setting and work on those things. And it might just be just minor fixes, minor adjustments, things that players mm-hmm. just can't really see. That can be beneficial once they have someone just to kind of redirect their focus and understand what the coach is really expecting from them. And I think that's important in development, just from non, just from off the court stuff. Definitely, absolutely. Um, so I think you got your you got your thing going. You kind of figured it out. Let's go into like your junior season, junior senior season um, uh, of 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 uh, of high school. So we did something called a oatmeal recipe where we picked like 20 schools, five division one, five division two, the whole nine, kind of get those uh, school, kind of get those schools of interest based on your uh, your academic interest, things you want to do, you know, in the afterlife. And we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Talk about that process because, you know, and again, let me go back here to it. Just give you a, a pat on your back about your work ethic, Mike. I tell people all the time, you were one of the hardest workers. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like when you yeah. left the gym, you were sweating. Like you were oh, yeah. tired. <laughs> you were waddling out the gym because you gave your all every time. And you know why? It's because mm-hmm. you knew 
you didn't you could you weren't the highest jumper right. or you weren't the fastest kid right but you figure I go I'm gonna outwork your butt and just as be as as and be just as good as you are and I, and I want to tell you about that like exactly. I appreciate like your work ethic when because you got kids coming to the gym that don't want to work right and they make right. me work even harder trying to get them to work right yeah. it was easy right. for me to, to to pour anything into you because your receptiveness for the for the hard work was was always there. So um, right. I appreciate that. Yeah. So talk about that process on you get, picking the schools and writing schools down. Tell it to tell the audience and kids on how you come up with that process once we had that conversation. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, definitely getting that guidance in the first place to go through that process, just to select schools that I'm interested in, because on my own, I don't even know if I would have thought to do that um, or, you know, just a different range of them, like based on my interests and, and things like that. Um, and so we picked out, uh, you know, we picked out some division one, division two, division three schools. And then we're kind of looking at where I was um, realistically. And, you and, know, and let, let me yeah. cut you off right quick. I didn't mean to, but let me just intersect right quick because yeah, I had to be honest with you without hurting your feelings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, Mike, we're not looking at Duke in North Carolina. We're not looking yeah. at the Clemsons of the world, right? right. We want to focus on the best academic possibility for you and to get the best, the, the most out of playing time as possible. You, yes. you know what I'm saying? So yep. it's very strategic on how I, I had to deal with the situation because you're not six, seven. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? So I had to really been been honest and strategic with you so and I, I glad and thank you for allowing me to 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 be that go ahead oh yeah um so i think you know i was i was more of like in the division two division three mm -hmm. range and so then i went to um you know we reached out to some of these schools and i you know i did the camps at some of these schools and it came down to three schools for me that I could play basketball at and also focus on my education. And it was um, it was Erskine, Covenant, and then uh, Covenant in Tennessee, and uh, Oglethorpe in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one other aspect we were looking at was, you know, looking at looking at these schools and looking who's on the roster already. Like people who play the same position as you, are they, you know, there might be sophomores or juniors that are playing your position. So you want to take that into account. And ultimately, um, Erskine was the best decision for me from an academic standpoint. Um, it was in state um, and also in terms of basketball, um, it was probably the most competitive of the, of the options that I had. And so I think that it, that was, um, you know, ended up being the best fit for me. Right. And uh, was my, you know, that was my decision. Right. Was and, uh, before I go to my next topic, I want to ask a question because I asked a question earlier about the sport, the uh, camps versus the individual training. Right. And I broke the mm -hmm. difference down and also the benefits and, and non-benefits from them. But I'll ask you another question since you made a point about the D2, D3. Now, you didn't average 24 points in, in high school. You wasn't heavily recruited in high school, but you still obtained a scholarship and still made it the same gains as someone that did. So my mm -hmm. question to you is that because you was a late bloomer and a hard worker, right? And you had, extra, you, you had strategic approaches getting to school. Do you think had you started two or three years earlier with skill development, knowing the, the type of, level at a collegiate level because when you got there you realize things that you didn't have right yeah. so do you think starting you know a little bit earlier would have been a little bit more beneficial for you athletically absolutely yeah I think um you know one thing that I had to develop in time was like learning how to like implement my skills like in a game-like scenario. Mm, mm. And that took some time for me. Mm, so mm. I think if I had started earlier, like earlier middle school, 
um, you know, or at least at the beginning of high school, um, just developing my, you know, fundamentals then, I think it would have just been even more fruitful right. than it was. Well, because it, it, the catch-22 is that parents may say, well, this he's too early. It's too, you know, he's not ready for that yet. Or I don't know where to go. Or there's it, all kind of different reasons why parents shouldn't start early. Um, mm-hmm. What would you tell a kid that's listening to this right now or a parent about about that concept, about them thinking about not too early or where to go? What, what would you tell them? I would say, um, you know, I think it probably earlier is, is, is fine because it, you know, it takes a time to develop all these different skills in basketball. And for me, like I had my, you know, when I just started playing, and I was a little bit taller than the other kids mm. um, in my class because I had my growth spurt earlier. I, you know, my coaches had me playing like power forward mm. and things like that. And so I didn't develop my guard skills until, um, until I was older. So I think, um, you know, if you work on all the fundamentals at an early age, then they're ingrained already. And then you just build on them from there as you know as your body develops the foundation's already there right um so leaving high school you know you you, you were the man you you know you're confident you're walking on your toes you're the senior in high school portugal and then you're a freshman again at erskine talk about that transition the mental transition um that that happens because you're away from parents you're away from your friends you got to wake up on an alarm clock you got study hall you got weights you got class you got you know your personal time talk about the transition from high school to college and and what's the expectations for that i definitely it's a it's a tough transition um for sure um i think that uh you have to just you know manage your time well um I think in terms of basketball, I think uh, the thing that was probably most surprising to me was how good everybody else is <laughs> that's there. Everybody's very athletic, everyone's talented, and everyone um, you know was a solid player previously. So and it's a much faster pace mm. also. Um, you have to work a lot harder to um you know accomplish things that were easier in high school it's just harder um so i think uh you know being managing your time well and staying disciplined um is critical when you're transitioning and it's hard for sure what were some of your adversities that you had to deal with not academically academically talking about player-wise, team-wise, because here, here comes social competence coming to play again. Why camps are important? Because you're a new kid on the block coming in with 15 new, well, people that you don't know or just probably, you know, just know of. Then you got to deal with, you know, work for playing time. You got to deal with eating with them, you know, um, uh, studying together, traveling. What mm-hmm. are some some things you learned um, that you apply to your everyday life now that you had to figure out as a team, as a team member in college? I, uh, my freshman year was hard um, because I had an injury my freshman year. Right. Um, I, I broke my foot and I ended up having to have surgery on it. Um, and I ended up missing my whole freshman season. season. Um, so I think, you know, that just made the transition even harder. Because then I was on crutches. I was was like, how do I, you know, do all this? Um, So I think um, probably two things. Probably humility Mm. is one. um, Because you you have an expectation coming in that you, you know, at least at the very least, you'll be getting a lot of playing time. Maybe you'll be a starter. You know, you're used to that. So you have that expectation. Right. Then when that doesn't happen you have to, you know, take a step back and learn how to still contribute, mm. um, but still be a team player. 
and still be a teammate. The most important message to get across to student athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury. An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode. Now let's get back to the interview. And I think the other part, um, I guess I would say uh, resilience or toughness. Uh, when, you know, when something unexpected happens, um, or something's not going your way, um, how you're responding to it. And I think that you just have to take, you know, take whatever comes at you and just keep, you know, trying to find a sense of balance with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you still, you know, just still working hard and doing what you can, whether it's rehab for an injury, you know, still showing up, you know, to practice and, you know, connecting with your teammates um, you know, working hard in the classroom, just trying to find other ways to contribute. Right. Getting back to where you can. Sometimes unexpected things happen. Right. You know, I, I want to take you back to that player, Mike, freshman or sophomore. And there's a situation where we ha it happens to us all the time as players where either we're not putting in enough, we're not working hard enough, we, we just haven't figured it out yet, and we're not producing. So the coach, they're there to, to win games and, you know, winning kind of solidifies their contract, right? Their existence with right. that, that team. So yeah. I don't care if you got four ears coming out of your head. If you can play, you're going to play. So I'm pretty sure it happened, like I said, happened to all of us. When you say, well, man, the coach doesn't like me or he's not giving me the playing time or he did, he let, he let John do this and John on X, Y, Z, right? We all deal with those things. Yeah. How do you, how did you as a player dealt with those internal fights? Because we have them every day. Talk to the audience about those internal, those mental fights you have with yourself and how do you, how do you overcome them? Yeah. Um, it was definitely, it was very hard at first um, because I was working really hard, you know, I was, you know, getting shot, extra shots up in the gym going to the weight room and trying to do everything I could. And it was very frustrating internally because I'm, you know, my why, you know, why am I not getting right. to play as much as I want to? Um, I think that uh, over time for me, I just, I, I had to just come to a place of um, accepting it that it doesn't, you know, there's other really talented players on the team who play my same position. Um, and so I think the transition for me was still, um, was learning to be a team player, still having a, a solid, a good positive attitude, mm. still contributing in ways, finding ways that I could contribute still. 
Mm. Um, but also still working as hard as I can. Um, so I think it just, it just takes time. And that's a good point for the audience to understand how to redirect their energy because you mm-hmm. could easily be like, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to class. I'm just going to just, you know, whatever. And a lot of people take, take that route, which is uh, really a, a cop out, you know, uh, yeah. route. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about, I know you had some, uh, some of the big wins or big win that you guys had during your season. Do you end up beating a, a big team that was ranked or talk about that? Any, any, any big wins or anything that you have that you, you want to share? Yeah. Uh, I think a couple exciting wins our team had um, was uh, one, one year we were, I think it was my sophomore season. Um, we were playing Lander um, at Lander, who is, um, you know, conference rival. And it was, uh, we ended up, I think we won the game by one or two points. And, you know, it's one of those games, it was just back and forth the whole time. And um, we ended up winning just at the very end. And uh, for my coach, it was his first time uh, beating Lander at Lander. So for him, that was a really special moment. It made it really fun for our team. Um, so that was, you know, that was definitely a memorable win. He was, for sure. you know, he like jumped in the pool after the game and things like that. It was funny. Um, another win, uh, exciting win we had, um, was another conference opponent we had was, uh, Lise McRae. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that game was memorable, um, went into a, a triple overtime wow. and one of my teammates, uh, who was also a guy from Charleston, Aaron Brown, um, who played at Wando. Yeah. He, uh, he had a couple of uh, big threes that game. Um, and over time, it was, it, was, it was great. And then um, our point guard at the time ended up hitting a, a – um, it was just a, a floater at the buzzer um, in the third overtime to, uh, to seal the victory. That's what's up. Yeah, those are those are a couple of memorable ones. Give me two things that you learned from your your, your collegiate coach that you applied to your everyday life. Um, first one would probably be intensity. Um, that's you know playing on the court. Uh, he would always have the saying like he wanted us to play like our hairs on fire. <laughs> so you know he's just staying on our toes, staying active um not you know not lulling you know not like falling asleep and things like that when you're playing um and I think probably applying that off the court as well um you know to academics and things like that just to you know give it a a really solid effort every time you're approaching it um and I think uh the other thing I learned from uh, my coach was probably just like healthy life habits as well. Um, he was, uh, he was involved in, uh, uh, actually he was involved in a nutrition class mm-hmm. um, in the college. And he was, uh, he would always encourage us to, you know, spend time uh, eating well, socializing. Um, I think he encouraged healthy habits that way. Nice. Like in a professional sense, like not whining or, making excuses right things like that got you mm-hmm. um we're talking about the afterlife you know afterlife of, of school we're getting into where you said you came to the realization like hey look these players are a little better than me um i got two three more years in school i gotta really buckle down and make this change and get the best out of it talk to us about when that that light bulb came on. Um, mm-hmm. And then what did you apply after the light bulb came on to, 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 to finish out school? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think that uh, pivot happened for me my freshman year. <laughs> <laughs> I had that injury and uh, I was like, you know, what am I, what am I going to do if, you know, basketball's, you know, not going to be my future career. Um, Previously, I was thinking I would like to, you know, maybe try to like go overseas in a league or something like that right. was uh, was 
my plan. Um, but then I decided that, um, you know, at that point in school, I had got interested in biology and science. Mm. And I thought that for me, that, um, you know, pursuing biology and then ultimately for me was medicine and medical school. Um, I thought that that seemed like a, a good career choice for me. So I, I started pursuing that my freshman year. Awesome. Awesome. And, and go into a little bit about that, about, you know, what you're doing right now, but talk about the discipline that it requires and kind of correlate the same discipline with biology and, and, and the medical field with sports. What, what, how has sports contributed to your success when it comes to the medical field? Yeah. Um, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of discipline. Um, to, you know, to get into medical school was challenging and um, required a lot of time um, and a lot of effort. And I think that uh, sports definitely uh, helped me get used to that mm. because in sports, um, I was used, I was already used to training on a daily basis, you know, whether it was like basketball, ball handling drills or working on my shot or working out or something. Um, I was used to that on a daily basis. And so I think I just kind of switched and started on a, on a daily basis, just implementing studying, mm. um, you know, just reading my textbooks, things like that just became part of my daily routine. So I think, you know, getting used to training, it was just, it was already a foundation for me that was in place. Nice. Mm -hmm. You know, junkyard dog, uh, being mm -hmm. tough. Uh, I want you to finish this for me. The game is ninety percent mental. Mental, right? <laughs> so the th the other question is that it's this whole uh, uh, mental issues, um, mental fatigue, mental toughness, mental health thing that's going on, right? And back yeah. in the days, it was you know. If a kid ain't got the junkyard dog with him, he wasn't tough enough, then he's just not a good player. You know, yeah. and now that I'm understanding the mental side of the game, I'm I'm re I'm re-examining my approach to what that really means. Because you got different developmental stages that kids go through. Like you yeah. said, you didn't understand what that was. I'm not saying that you didn't know what junkyard dog meant, you didn't know how to apply it because you're your your right. your maturation haven't caught up with your ability yet right right so yeah. now we as educators trainers teachers coaches have to take in a, a different approach when we, when we talk about developing kids and, and working with the the mental aspect of it because you can be a great athlete don't have no mental drive it's not going to work for you and you can be not a great athlete like yourself and have a great strong mental capacity and it works out for you so right. that's really the, the main point Talk about that difference, that shift, that change from mental toughness, mental health. And do you think social media plays a big deal into that? Um, I think that, uh, you know, in terms of mental toughness and mental health, um, I think they're related. Um, but there's definitely, you know, important to understand the nuances of this. Um, so I think, you know, somebody can be resilient and when something life throws something unexpected at them, um, how do they react to it is definitely a skill that, you know, can be developed over time. Um, and is important. Um, and I think in terms uh, of mental health, uh, you know, sometimes that can mean something different. That might mean that somebody's sick. Um, and they might need, you know, they might need somebody to help them, um, get through that. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not a great athlete or they're not a great student or something. It can be something that's completely out of their control. Um, and so I think it's very important to pay attention to that. Um, and that, you know, if somebody needs counseling or to talk with a therapist or to talk with a psychiatrist, then that's, that's 
that's great. And I think that that should be, you know, that's just part of wellness. And, and I think I'm, I'm trying to help with that terminology because here's, here's what I mean. We say mental health, we think, oh, a person's sick, something's wrong, he got disease, he's, he needs some trouble, and mm-hmm. he, he, he's in trouble. But if you said healthy mind, right, it's, it's the same two things, it's words changed around. But mental health is a byproduct of social competence, it's a byproduct of you being confused and not know how to uh, 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 talk to people or not know how to figure out a situation. You could be in a, in a, in a practice or a game and, and got some issues with the coach or you're not playing and now you're stressed out that can cause mental health right but with oh, a yeah. healthy mind it can help you get through those problems right so that's, that's some, i think that stigma has been placed on people so long that it's a bad thing that now we have to clean it up and really right. address it the right way so that's i just want to get your take on that yeah absolutely i think the environment today is a lot healthier um for student athletes i think you know, it's fortunate now that it's, I think it's normalized that, you know, if if you, you know, it's normal to have these kind of conversations about keeping our minds healthy. And, and, and before you, before we next topic, what's your take on social media? Do you think social media contributes a lot of that? I think it does. Um, I think social media can be, is useful and can be great. Um, and so I think, you know, if, uh, I think social media is okay to use. I think it's probably important for, you know, student athletes just to be mindful of it. Um, you know, cause I think people can sometimes, you know, get into a trap or, or get confused or like, oh, you know, my life needs to be like this or my, you know. So I think, um, but it can be used for good, for, for sure. sure. Um, I think just being mindful of the use of it. And in closing, before we get to the opening recipe part, recipe part, I want you to just give your your uh, outlook. Here's a high school student athlete listening to this podcast. What would you tell them that things that's that's the most important right now and things they need to focus on um, while they're in school right now? As I say, as a junior or high school at, uh, uh, student athlete. Yeah, uh, I think balance. Um, is important, and I think that means, uh, you know, physically, academically, socially, um, emotionally, and psychologically, just finding balance in a healthy way. Uh, I think focusing on your schoolwork, definitely, um, and being involved in your community um, as well. And yeah, I would, that's probably what I would tell a high school student is to find balance and sure. make sure you're taking care of your schoolwork. For sure. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. And lastly, the oatmeal recipe is what something we design um, uh, for the focus of the, of the student athlete. Those three ingredients from skill development, education, and nutrition. And I want to call out each one of those words and get your, your take on the importance of them and how do you apply it. Um, Let's start off with skill development. And we're not really talking about skill development as far as, you know, drilling, I mean, uh, shooting, dribbling, passing. We're talking about skill development of, of life. How yeah. important is skill development to you and how do you ap- apply that? Um, it's, uh, I think it's, it's definitely very important. Um, and you can, uh, I think, you know, balance, as I was saying, um, you know, there's, 
life skills such as um, you know when somebody is done with a playing career a sport or something you want to be prepared for a life after that so I think that means um, you know getting ready for some you know a career or um, knowing how to handle your finances and things like that well um, getting involved you know socially with different groups of people I think, uh, you know, definitely a few life skills sure. that are, are crucial. For sure. How about education? And um, education, not really meaning, you know, math and, and science, just the education of life. Like you said, financially, just how to deal with people, how to learn how to get um, information and apply it. How important is education to you um, and how you apply it to your everyday life? Uh, it's been really important for me. Um, when I got into college, that was became a primary focus for me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, education can allow you to, you know, can open up opportunities for you. Um, it can connect you with, um, you know, with different groups of people um, and can kind of set you up for, um, you know, life, you know, uh, a balanced life in the future. And you know, give you something important to work on. Um, so I would definitely, um, you know, say education should be a priority. For sure. And lastly, nutrition. You know, we we played on team day basketball stuff. We we couldn't have a, a limited uh, diet because I want you guys to get the best out of, you know, those games and getting your, and your proper rest. Um, and you being a, a collegiate athlete, see how important that was from a nutrition standpoint too. Uh, what do you tell the audience about nutrition and how um, how important it is to you? Uh, there's nutrition. Uh, we have there's a problem with nutrition in the United States today. Um, we've got a lot of you know the food supply is uh, heavily processed. There's a lot of you know unhealthy things in the food that we have. Um, so I think that uh you know a healthy nutrition you know making sure you're getting a, a, a large portion of fruits and vegetables nuts healthy proteins like that um berries and trying to limit um you know heavily processed foods soft drinks and things like that that can set you up for um you know a great athletic career keeping your body and your mind um healthy and as well as um you know for after that as well sure. you know yeah for sure um and lastly mike before you go tell the audience you know what's your current status what you're doing with in the medical industry how it relates to athletes and um um just you know get, yeah let's know what you got going on yeah uh so i graduated from medical school um in 2021 and uh, I'm starting my, I'm, I'm doing my residency right now. Um, my first year is in um, internal medicine, which is kind of just, that's like general medicine. And I'm interested um, in musculoskeletal um, injury, musculoskeletal wellness, um, and, you know, working and def definitely working with um, athletes, you know, just, that's a big part of my background. Sure. Um, so, you know, trying to keep people fit and healthy from a musculoskeletal perspective is, I think, where I'm headed. For sure. For sure. I think that's an awesome industry. Yeah. Well, Mike, that concludes our uh, interview today, big guy. I really appreciate your time. And I um, just want to say I'm so proud of your, your accomplishments and everything that you're doing um, with, uh, with the, what you did through college and now as a professional. Thank you. I appreciate it, John. Yes, sir. Yeah, and definitely appreciate all the coaching and you know skill development along the way. For sure. For it's been sure. fun. Yes, sir. Well, tell your parents I say hello, man, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks all right, we'll do. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Jamal. Thank you. Bye bye. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. I want to thank Mike for coming on and giving us his wealth of knowledge on being a student athlete. Um, going through the trials and tribulations again as a as an intermediate student athlete, high school, collegiate, and actually figuring out. And he wrote his own script um, 
by um, doing his due diligence and figuring out what school bets best fit him academically and athletically. So again, appreciate you, Mike, for your hard work and and um, and just being a great a great student, a hard worker, and a great uh, citizen um, of our community. Be right back. Don't forget to subscribe to the Triple Threat Podcast on your favorite listening platform. We are live on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. That's Triple Threat spelled three R I P L E three H R E A T. Triple Threat Podcast. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people you can follow us on facebook and instagram at Jamel president and on twitter at president Jamel. make sure to subscribe to this podcast as i'll be bringing you a new interview every month